electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. You're listening to The Exchange. Here's today's show. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Evans. This is The Exchange, and we are all over this big Apple event today. The company is expected to unveil a brand new iPhone 13. But will it be new and have enough, uh, new enough, I should say, cool enough, have enough features to get people to want to buy it now? And crucially, at what price? We are so uh, looking forward to hearing all of what Apple has to say about that. Maybe an update to the AirPods. How are they going to update the AirPods, Dom? We're watching the watch. It's the centerpiece of the company's big healthcare push. We will bring you every Apple announcement as soon as it happens. But let's start off with the stock, the investing performance that we've seen year to date going into this event. Dom Chu is you Make here. the AirPods black, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's white. I don't know. Small. I have no idea. But yes, we're going to find out in this hour, as Kelly pointed out. But let's provide some color and context for just what we're going to look at from the investing angle as we head into this big product announcement. Again, an annual event. And overall, though, it doesn't seem to be a huge market mover on the day of. Going back to, say, 2007 to 2020, analysts at Bernstein looked at the day overall and found that on average, Apple stock goes down, down by about one quarter of one percent. As for today, it's off by, get this, one quarter of one percent heading into this announcement. So keep it on the intraday trade. Also, though, in the week kind of heading up to this, we have seen a little bit of strength carry through for mega cap technology overall. Apple specifically, though, not participating on a one-week basis, down about 5% during that span. So again, some maybe selling pressure heading towards this particular move in this particular Apple launch anyway. As for how Apple has done on a year-to-date basis versus the tech sector overall, and the overall S&P 500. Take a look at Apple, up about 12%. Meanwhile, the technology sector overall is up 21% there, so it's underperforming, and just about underperforming, you can see there, the S&P 500 as well. So Apple maybe has some ground to make up. And by the way, if you want to look beyond Apple, there are some other stocks out there that could trade around what Apple does today. Jable among one of them, Broadcom on the semiconductor size, Amphenol, Skyworks Solutions, all of these companies are within the Apple supplier ecosystem, so they tend to move sometimes. They have trading correlations. That, that means they tend to kind of trade alongside Apple in certain ways. Watch those particular names. And by the way, Kelly, if you're looking for more of these names, <clears throat> suppliers that could be impacted, go to CNBC.com slash pro. Subscribers there get a look at the whole picture for those suppliers on the move. I'll send things back over to you. All right, Dom, thank you very much, our Dom Chu. Let's get right to the news of the day. Josh Lipton is standing by with what we can expect from the big event, Josh. So, Kelly, Apple is, as always, tight-lipped about what exactly is coming here. Here's what we expect today. Four new iPhones, a mini, a regular, Pro and Pro Max, featuring upgrades, we think, to the processor, battery, camera. Important questions for investors say, will Apple raise iPhone prices due to increasing memory costs and TSMC price hikes that we know are coming? Also, Apple has been impacted by that ongoing chip shortage like so many others. So how could that affect supply of the new devices? Now, in addition to the new iPhones, Apple's also expected to unveil a new watch today, perhaps with a faster processor, larger screen. 
The watch now accounts for an estimated 5% of total company sales. Analysts estimate only 13% of the iPhone base, by the way, has a watch. In other words, they see a potential long runway here for more adopters in the quarters ahead. Also possible, new AirPods 2. Apple does not break out that product for us, but AirPods now account for an estimated 5% of overall company revenue. AirPods and watch, both part of that broader, fast-growing wearables category that Apple now dominates with about 30% market share, according to IDC. Back to you. All right, Josh, we'll see you again very, very soon. And Tim Cook did just take the stage. Uh, for more on today's Apple event, as I mentioned, uh, now officially underway with the CEO out there and shares down about a third of 1% as we head into that. Let's bring in Ina Freed, Axios chief technology correspondent, and Tim Higgins, the Wall Street Journal reporter and CNBC contributor. Great to have you both here. Ina, what's, uh, I almost want to ask you like we do for analysts and earnings. What's the whisper number? You know, high, low, uh, one terabyte for the phone. What are you hearing? You know, I'm really looking for that edge feature that's going to make somebody interested in buying this. We know we're going to get better cameras and a faster processor. We know we're not going to get a radical design overhaul. So what is it about this new iPhone that's just enough to push those on the edge to go out and upgrade their phone? And Tim, this is important because Apple obviously is facing huge supplier pressures. Uh, TSMC increasing prices 20%. Don't know how much of that is to Apple specifically. But, you know, if they can get people to buy the most expensive phone and that's built in with still having a decent profit margin and all the rest of it, that's the best outcome. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the phone the past year, analysts uh, estimate that the average selling price increased by about $100. And that's an important figure, but the average customer probably didn't feel that because there's been a battle among cell phone uh, service providers in the U.S. to get them into their 5G network. So a lot of buyers think they're getting maybe the cheapest phone they've had in a while. So tell me again, Tim, why they think it could actually be the cheapest and what is going on on the carrier side of this where they're still discounting those 5G phones pretty heavily? Yeah, it, we've seen kind of a return to the, the cell phone carrier subsidizing the phone. So uh, people talk about getting hundreds of dollars off uh, their, their newest iPhone. We expect uh, that those kind of battles to continue into the next, uh, the new phone. And that's important because it, uh, on one hand, it allows Apple to go out there and offer a more expensive phone, uh, appeal to people at the higher end, but they feel like they're not spending that kind of money. So they're not spending the thousand dollars immediately out of their pocket. Maybe they're getting discounted by a few hundred dollars. So it's a deal to them. And, you know, what do you think is going to say to people, OK, I do want to upgrade here. I am going to go, you know, for the one with the most features is extra storage space, for instance. Is that a big incentive? Well, storage space can be nice, especially if you're one of those people who's filling up their iPhone, which many of us are. And don't forget, as the camera gets better and takes more impressive video, that fills up your phone faster. So that's one thing. Um, I'm still looking for a surprise software feature. I still think there needs to be some cool something that really pushes it. But as Tim points out, you know, a lot of this has to do with just how aggressive the carriers are being. And if your phone provider makes it, you know, cheap enough or not expensive enough that you don't notice it, you'll probably go ahead and do it. So I agree that actually uh, as significant as anything that Apple itself does will be the degree to which the carriers are fighting amongst themselves and providing hundreds of dollars in subsidies. That'll probably be what drives the upgrades. You know, how can the carriers afford to give away such subsidies right now when they also have to build out 5G? I mean, don't they need every incremental dollar to plow into those networks to actually attract people to 5G? 
in a sense, although they're building these 5G networks already, so what they really need most of all is customers onto those networks, and they're making a bet. They're saying, if we can fill these 5G networks, we'll be able to make it up over the long run. And, you know, these cell phone plans, I, I send a fair amount of money. I'm not, you know, crying a tear for T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon that they aren't going to be able to make some money off this, too. Tim, what would you add to that? Yeah, that's the question is how long does the, the, the battle continue? How long can Apple continue to benefit from that? And, and analysts and investors are worried because traditionally that kind of off your iPhone doesn't do as well as that big super cycle phone. So this is the, the big question. How long does the battle continue? And finally, Tim, before we leave you guys for the moment, uh, what would you say about the revenue contributions from watch from AirPods? Like Josh was saying, we're talking about, I guess, 10 percent or so if you combine those. Um, important in terms of having dazzling, buzzy new features or more important for investors to just know uh, they're going to have places to kind of count on uh, cash flows really for years and years to come? Important an example of how Tim Cook has been able to squeeze that Apple ecosystem just even more. Uh, so you've got the phone and then you have these other uh, smaller legs that just contribute to, to the bottom line. All right. Actually, a quick parting word, Ina. Apple shares are down three quarters of one percent now. It doesn't seem to be on any news yet per se. But is that the angst that you were talking about right off the start, this sense of no one really knows what it is they're they're listening for? Or like you said, you're hoping maybe there is some dazzling software feature. Yeah. And I think you you brought up uh, or Josh did in the intro this idea that, you know, Apple often trades down on on news and on the event. So I, I think, you know, investors don't necessarily know what to do. By the way, Tim Cook did just unveil a new iPad saying iPad business is up about 40 percent year on year. Let's take a quick listen. This new iPad is packed full of updates, so let's jump in. Under the hood is a more powerful chip, A13 Bionic, and it pushes even further than the speedy A12 from last year's iPad. With 20% faster performance in every aspect of the chip, from the CPU and GPU to the neural engine. A13 is leaps Again, ahead. that's Apple unveiling the new iPad. You know, was I just in their metaverse? What was that video? It was pretty cool. Well, you know, as long as it gets you to order a new iPad, I think they're happy. You know, it's it's one of the things I've noticed is, you know, these events, because they're virtual, they can be even more produced. So basically, you're watching an hour long or possibly a little longer Apple commercial right now. Highly about produced. About 90 minutes, uh, we understand. All right, guys, thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, Ina and Tim, we'll leave it there for the time being. But again, we're going to keep getting to this news. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, before I dismiss you altogether... Uh, as I've been trying to do here, Tim, uh, why don't you just give me a quick final comment? Is there any substantial uh, importance to them unveiling the iPad, you think? It would be almost expected. We, we were at kind of the end of the line. We'll start to talk about the next iPad early next year. Okay. Pithy. 
Uh, Tim and Ina, thank you very much. We're going to have a whole lot more on Apple's big event, including what Wall Street is saying about the tech giant as we watch shares trading towards session lows right now. We're also keeping an eye on Coinbase, down about 40% from its recent highs. But Piper Sandler says it's time to buy the dip and the stock can rally more than 30% from here. We have the analyst here to make his case coming up. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to The Exchange, everybody. Let's get you a quick check on the broader markets. The Dow is down almost 300 points right now, giving up its early gains, despite the tamer-than-expected CPI data initially helping markets. Dow is the underperformer. It's now on pace for its biggest monthly decline since January. For the S&P, its worst month in nearly a year. Always seems like it's September. My next guest says investors looking uh, to so-called reopening stocks aren't going to find growth there. He says a new American economy is emerging and pandemic outperformers may once again lead the way. Let's bring in Kevin Mon. He's president and chief investment officer at Henyon and Walsh Asset Management. Kevin, it's good to have you. Is Apple part of the new economy? Who else is in this basket? Apple is certainly part of the new economy. You know, some have suggested, Kelly, that the potential growth opportunities of the stocks and companies within industries that benefited and perform well during COVID-19 have likely subsided. To the contrary, we believe that some of these areas may, in fact, provide the leadership to the new American economy that is slowly emerging now from the pandemic. And as you correctly said in the opening, this goes way beyond the simple reopening trade and marks what we believe to be a societal shift in the way that both businesses and human operates in the areas such as healthcare, notably biotechnology, technology, but not just the traditional providers of technology, such as mainframe hardware, software, but some of the more revolutionary providers of technology, like artificial intelligence, sure. robotics, cybersecurity, and of course, the last and not least is e-commerce. But what about the hard stocks like Peloton, Zoom, you know, some of these that are obviously part of the new economy, although you could argue maybe Peloton's more of a fad. But the, my point is about the valuation. So, you know, you, you want the right story, but also at the right price. Absolutely. And with valuations remaining stretched right now, you need to consider the price to earnings ratio of a lot of these, cop these companies. You also need to look at the earnings history, the profitability of these companies, and their forward-looking outlook. Will these companies remain as part of the new American economy in the months and years ahead? It's hard to argue that biotech is not going to remain critical as there are more and more rare and, and chronic diseases for us to treat and cure. It's hard to imagine a society where we're not shopping more and more online. And then, of course, working and educating and shopping more remotely than we ever have before. That's why we see the opportunities in these revolutionary technology areas, in e-commerce, not just the online retailers, 
And of course, in those smaller cap biotech names, Kelly. Sure. So, I mean, it's not a small cap. Regeneron is one of the names you'd recommend in healthcare, yes. service now in tech, Etsy and e-commerce. How many names overall are in here? Yeah, we just deposited a new series of our new American Economy Trust last week. It has 30 different names in it spread across those three thematic areas. We have large cap providers of technology. We have the smaller cap providers of technology, such as ServiceNow, as you said earlier. We have some of the online retailers, the mega online retailers like Amazon, and some of the smaller online retailers like Etsy. And then, of course, on the healthcare side, we do have some of those traditional large cap pharmaceutical names like a Bristol-Myers Squibb or a Johnson & Johnson, but some of the smaller cap biotech names, too, like Regeneron. Yeah, so I guess a final question on this would be, and it's interesting to see some of the reopening stocks screech to a halt lately. Um, the casino is a little bit different story of some bad China news there. But the airlines, you know, taking a step back and so forth. So who is not sort of explicitly not in the new American economy? I mean, you, you'd have to argue on some level airlines are still part of it. I mean, airlines, travel, transportation will always be part of the American economy. But if I'm looking for the innovators and the leaders of the new American economy, you'd have to look for where the biggest growth potential exists. And that's in areas such as online commerce, certain areas as such as healthcare, and then technology, areas like blockchain and even 5G. That's going to propel this economy forward and allow us to operate within these new norms that society is asking for. All right, Kevin, thanks for joining us to talk about it. We appreciate it. Good to see you today. My pleasure, Kelly. Kevin Mann. Uh, Apple just announced an iPad mini as well that they will make available starting next week, starting at $329. It'll have a USB-C port, and this iPad mini will also have 5G as their push into that new wireless technology continues. Now, switching gears from Apple to a very under-the-radar stock play or commodity play, I guess you want to call it, Christina Partzinevelis is here with the Mineral making monster moves lately. Christina? All right, move over GameStop and AMC. There's definitely a new target in town, and it's uranium. Shares of uranium mining firms like Cometco have been or actually going nuclear, if I'm going to use the pun, over the past 24 hours. Uh, right now, take, for example, North Shore Global Uranium Mining ETF. Yes, it's down today, but it surged 8% yesterday, last Friday. Volume hit an all-time high. Today, we are seeing some profit-taking because so many of these mining firms have done well just over the course of the last little while. For example, Canadian producer Cameco also some, saw some love, and that's because a lot of Reddit guys are talking about it online. Uranium, though, doesn't trade on public markets like other commodities. So we usually get the one price per day from the CME. And based off of yesterday's settle, uranium prices were at the highest level since December 2012. Year-to-date, up 41%. And so all, although Wall Street bets, that's the subreddit group, uh, they're talking about uranium miners, the catalyst could stem from a particular trust. Back in July, Sprott Asset Management, they're based in Toronto, started the physical uranium trust with the intent of buying physical uranium ore and holding it. It started aggressively buying the metal on the spot market, and that's helped drive the price rally. So right now it's the largest fund actually holding physical uranium in the world. The fund so far, and I've just got this confirmed from the company, they hold 25 million pounds of a compound of uranium. Just one day last week, they bought 850,000 pounds of uranium. And holding this much uranium could mean they become a major market mover just over the next course of several months and years from now. And this could also be a long-term play, especially for all of those following the ESG movement, uh, because investors 
investors see nuclear power as a critical part of the shift away from fossil fuels. So when utilities use the metal to generate nuclear power, there are no greenhouse gases. And so that could be a selling point that may be deep into the future. Well, it's interesting, Christina, because this is kind of uh, fitting in with the global energy crunch story right now, where whether it's the price of natural gas or oil, or in this case, uranium, everything is spiking, even though Germany and other major players are phasing out their nuclear power. I think even California is trying to take uh, the Diablo, uh, what is Diablo Ranch, Diablo Canyon, trying to take that offline. But they, you know, they are going to have to find what this sort of called clean, firm power to keep the lights on. I mean, this is a growing problem across the globe. And I wonder if that's contributing to the chase here. I, could we forget what happened in 2011 in Japan with uh, just the nuclear plant over there and just yeah. the drama. So I don't know if this is something that's going to be, you mentioned just the lack of movement with nuclear plants. Uh, we're not moving that fast. There's still a lot, of, a lot of hesitation despite it being more green than other options. Uh, I don't know. I think this could be a potentially a much longer term play, but in the market right now, it's adding to the volatility as this one particular fund does snap up a lot of uh, the uh, compound of uranium. And so that could be yep. a mover for the short term. Absolutely taking advantage. Uh, Christina, thanks very much. Christina Partsinevelis. Coming up, ARK Invest Kathy Wood remains bullish on crypto, saying Bitcoin can hit 500K. That's 500,000 in the next five years. What does it mean for her bet on Coinbase? And what about the regulatory risks it's facing? We'll explore that. And we've told you about the companies facing a supply squeeze, but some are dealing with it better than others. We'll talk about the manufacturing moves they're making and where they're going coming up. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Exchange. Quick check on markets. We're off the lows. Dow's down 240 points. The low is minus 315. Still, it's two-thirds of a percent decline or the worst of the major three. The Nasdaq's only down 21 right now. Here are some of the movers this hour. Shares of Herbalife are plunging 18%, 19% now after the company lowered its guidance for the third quarter, citing softer-than-expected sales activity. This stock is on pace for its worst day since 2014. Meantime, take a look at casino operators dealing with a double dose of bad news. New COVID outbreaks in China raising concerns about potential travel restrictions slowing their recovery. Then comments from the Macau government suggesting more regulation could be on the way. And you have shares of Las Vegas Sands down 11 percent, similar for when MGM down about 4 percent today. It's worst day for most of them since March 2020. And finally, shares of our parent company Comcast are lower after CFO Michael Cavanaugh warned of, quote, a little bit of a slowdown in the net ads in the cable business, referring to the tail end of August. He made those comments at a virtual Bank of America investor conference. That's also leading to some weakness in shares of Charter and Altice. Altice down one and a half percent, Charter down four percent, Comcast down more than six percent, also having its worst day since last March of 2020. Let's get to Rahel Solomon now for a CNBC News update. Rahel. Hi, Kelly. And here's the latest. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Capitol Hill again today, defending the Biden administration's withdrawal from Afghanistan. But a top Senate Democrat had some sharp criticism for the administration. The execution of the U.S. withdrawal was clearly and fatally flawed. This committee expects to receive a full explanation of the administration's decisions on Afghanistan since coming into office last January. There has to be accountability. 
And for more on how Congress is responding to the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, tune in tonight to the news with Shepard Smith. The United Kingdom will begin giving COVID-19 booster shots to people 50 and over starting next week. Boosters are also being recommended for other vulnerable populations, including frontline healthcare workers and those with underlying health conditions. And pandemic relief payments helped ease the hardships felt by many Americans during the pandemic. That's according to new findings from the Census Bureau. But despite the congressional aid, the official U.S. poverty rate still rose slightly last year to just over 11 percent. You're now up to date. Kelly, I'll send it back to you. Rahel, thank you, Rahel Solomon. Up next, we get back to the Big Apple event. They just introduced the new series of the Apple Watch. We'll have all the details and our panel weighs in. Apple shares coming off session lows. We're back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Got some news from the Apple event on the watch and the iPad mini. Let's go to Josh Lipton for all the latest and greatest. Josh. So, Kelly, Apple's announcing those products fast and furious. Let's start with the Apple Watch. Apple's COO, Jeff Williams, on stage unveiling this product. Interesting, Mr. Williams is sometimes discussed as a possible successor to Tim Cook someday. Apple unveiling Watch Series 7 here. Largest display yet. 20% more screen error with thinner borders. New case and display with rounded corners. New watch faces. They say this is the most durable watch yet. The best user experience, they promise. Water-resistant, all-day battery life. Chargers 33% faster. Still waiting to get availability and price details on that one. I also want to talk quickly about the iPad. We know that business has been a hit for Apple, enjoying a real tailwind as more people are learning, working, playing from home. So Apple wants to keep that momentum going. They just announced a new iPad. It's entry-level iPad, which is simply called iPad. Gets a makeover, faster processor, upgraded camera system for better video calls, all-day battery life, twice the storage. That's going to start at 329 299 for schools order today available next week apple says they also did unveil a new ipad mini apple promises a big jump in performance for that device new design increased screen size edge-to-edge screen updated camera and speaker systems 5g enabled that's going to start at 499 support for apple pencil as well order today available next week we're going to keep listing here kelly bring you more headlines as they come we are getting the pricing josh for the watch looks like the se starts at 279 and they also have a version that is going to be uh, $399. That's the uh, Watch Series 7. Look at shares of Peloton as well, which are headed to session lows. What do you think those investors are most unhappy about as Apple shares these details? Well, I think, listen, the Apple Watch is always is always marketed very carefully here as a fitness device, as a health monitoring device. When you talk to analysts, Kelly, you know, the watch, they don't they don't break that out for us, right? We depend on analysts to give us their best shot. They think it's probably about 5% of total revenue. But when, when analysts are, you talk to are bullish on that device, it's because they think it's going to keep accelerating as a true fitness and health monitor, monitoring product. We actually just saw recent reports that Apple continues to innovate there. They're working on temperature. They're working on blood pressure monitoring, glucose coast monitoring. We wouldn't expect those features now, but down the road. And also remember, um, only estimated 13% of the iPhone base has actually had the watch. That's why some people think if they nail this to product, that perhaps suggests a long runway for this for this product in the quarters ahead. It's definitely gotten a lot better over the years. Josh, thank you for now. Apple also talking about Fitness Plus being available in six countries. So again, for Peloton users who are, and for Peloton investors, knowing that the subscription business is so important, um, Apple is sort of playing up its rivalry there. Uh, Apple shares, let's bring in now us, our own Steve Kovac from CNBC.com, and Ina Fried rejoins us from Axios. Steve, I just want to highlight Apple shares going back towards session lows now, down three quarters of 1%. What would you add at this point? 
Yeah, it's um, to Josh's point. It's it's the Apple Watch is a little bit disappointing. It sounds like more of the uh, the bigger features are coming next year, such as the temperature check, the blood pressure check. We know Tim Cook's vision for this is to really make it kind of like that Star Trek tricorder that can read a lot of your vitals and give you kind of a picture of your health. We are way off of from that. Um, and basically, today's model can do pretty much everything as last year's, but you do get that bigger screen and that more durable casing. Yeah, you know, I think I might be the only person who liked the watch so much I stopped wearing it. I mean, it, it is very good at what it does, but sometimes we all need a break, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm addicted to mine. try out the latest. <laughs> Steve's still wearing his. You know, what were you going to say? I often will try out the latest model, but I'm not a regular everyday Apple Watch where I'm ready for it. I'm still waiting for that feature that makes me not uh, wear it for a little bit and put it down. It's very helpful, you know, when <laughs> it was briefly training for a race that lasted about two weeks. But regardless, you know, being able to wear it and have the heartbeat monitor right there, have it track all of your work uh, workouts, all of that, it can absolutely see the use. I think in this case, Ina, as well, they're talking about it having a fall detection feature. So we know this is going to, we've already seen major health insurers announcing support for it. I mean, that's obviously the path they're taking here. Yeah, I mean, they've had fall detection for seniors. This is actually fall detection for cyclists. Oh. So uh, trying to add one more thing for the exercise crowd. But I do think the point you raise, I definitely think there's an opportunity here for older Americans. Uh, make it a little simpler, I think, would help. You know, the hard part about the watch as a device for older people is uh, it's got that tiny screen and it's hard to input on. It is hard to use, Steve. Obviously, series detection is, you know, getting better and better all the time. But they're also making more changes, they said here, to try to make text input easier. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that. They kind of try to ram a keyboard onto this tiny screen. It doesn't really make sense. Look, the Apple Watch is at its best when it's more passive and doing things in the background as opposed to an iPhone replacement, which if you remember six years ago, everyone was betting this is gonna be the next iPhone. Turns, even Apple was kind of pitching it that way. It's not what the product ultimately turned out to be. And also I think there's a little bit of a tension between wanting the ability to use it all the time, uh, but not wanting to use it accidentally. So, you know, it's a great tool for moms. I say this all the time. If you're ever looking for a gift, you know, for a baby shower or something, give give her an Apple Watch um, because you never have a phone, you never have a free hand, it's somewhere in the house. My point being, you know, the little one that you're holding, I've, I've accidentally sent voice recorded text messages to my neighbors. I mean, that's also part of the reason I stopped wearing it because I don't want to lock it all the time and then have to unlock it, but I don't want people uh, hearing random snippets of our, uh, uh, you know, of, of our chats either. Steve, I'm curious. No, you definitely don't want that. Go, go ahead. As I sort of share tales from the, the Chemi family uh, household here, what do you think is most important for investors as this event goes on and gets closer and closer to they're putting it towards the end, obviously, but when we do start to finally get details about the iPhone 13? Yeah, it's the iPhone. And if you see me turning my head over, it's because I got it playing in the background here. Mm -hmm. So I'm making sure it's the iPhone. That's what we're waiting for. Um, and yes, they're going to wait till the end. One thing I'm really curious about is the pricing of the iPhone. As we know, the chip supply story has been hitting every industry. Even Apple warned about it in their last earnings. So are they going to raise the cost to, or are they going to absorb uh, the price of those components themselves? That's the most thing I'm curious about. It sounds like based on the rumors, the iPhone is just going to be an iterative update from last year's. All right. And obviously the shares could be a much bigger mover when we get that. You know, in the meantime, uh, let's talk about the Fitness Plus subscription and the other subscriptions that they do offer. You know, how they did call this event California Streaming, and how important are all of these streaming services for the company? 
Well, they've been great for Apple. I mean, again, you know, Apple, everyone's waited for the car or some really big new thing to drive Apple. And in the meantime, they've incrementally just added these businesses, first Apple Watch, then AirPods, then services. And these are significant businesses. I mean, they would all be, you know, Fortune 100 companies on their own. And the services, I think, do matter. They matter for stickiness. You know, once you subscribe to a couple of these services, you're even more likely to stay in the hardware ecosystem. So they play off each other and they add a lot of revenue for the company. All right. There's uh, also shares of WW, formerly Weight Watchers, down almost 5%. Again, as the field becomes more crowded with all of these health apps, uh, it's more important to be one of the leading ones. Ina Freed, Steve Kovac, thank you guys for your thoughts as this event does continue this hour. Uh, it's certainly not over, and we're still waiting for some of the biggest news items of the day. In the meantime, shares of Coinbase got clobbered as the company could be in a long fight with the SEC. The stock is down about 12% since last Tuesday. Up next, we'll hear from an analyst who says that sell-off is overdone, and shares are seeing a rebound today. We're back in a moment. Apple just announced the new iPhone. There is Tim Cook. We'll bring you all the details about this as we get. It's just such an incredibly produced event this year. Uh, We've been hearing people talk about that all hour, but um, the technology that went into this video stream that they're showing with the launch of the phones, the iPads, the watch, and so much else is is truly next level. Uh, Watching Apple shares are still down at three quarters of 1%. And uh, we'll come back, circle back, and give you all the specs. Of course, the pricing and all those key Uh, details as soon as we do get them. In the meantime, let's pivot. Look at shares of crypto exchange Coinbase up today about two thirds of 1%, but still down sharply since the CEO went public last week with an angry response to what he sees as threats by the SEC. Our Andrew Ross Sorkin spoke with ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood at the Salt New York conference. She was surprised the SEC hit Coinbase with a Wells notice. Listen. I was shocked when I saw Wells notice. Are you kidding? They haven't even released the product. Like, what is this? And I think what that Wells notice is doing, it's it's a a call out by regulators saying, we got to discuss this stuff because this is happening very quickly. And I think we are going to bring um, courts into the system. Piper Sandler, senior analyst Richard Rapetto, has a new note saying the sell-off in Coinbase might be overdone. He joins me now, Rich. It's good to have you here. Let's talk about these, uh, the SEC Wells notice, any action that may be coming from uh, the regulatory group. Why aren't you more concerned about that? Well, I tell you, the one thing the industry, I think, does need is more regulatory clarity and transparency. This issue was a, sort of a colorful issue uh, and it's really hard to explain. I, I don't think Kathy Wood could explain it. But I think ultimately, I think the regulators are battling for, you know, responsibility and they're moving fast. And I, I think the end result is going to be uh, it overall is going to be more clarity and transparency when we get through some of these uh, skirmishes like we had uh, this past week or so. Which is not dissimilar from, you know, the big tech platforms basically begging for regulations so that they don't end up getting crossed in the regulatory uh, issues as well. But with Coinbase, because this Wells notice has already been served, what's the worst case scenario for investors at this point? I, I, I think oh, the worst case, you know, the, uh, people are viewing that this product that they that they had is no longer, uh, you know, at least temporarily not available. Other platforms are doing the exact same Lend product as what Coinbase proposed. Uh, Coinbase is known for being very cooperative and collaborative uh, with regulators. In fact, they communicated over 
uh, six months on the product. So it's, it's really, you know, I scratch my head. It's, it's really surprising how they came to this stalemate. But again, I, I think it's, you know, when you look at the long term, this is just one issue that I think ultimately is bringing a lot of light and uh, a lot of attention right now, but it'll bring re regulatory clarity and transparency you know, over time. What happens to the Lend product? Because while it's in this sort of gray zone, as Coinbase itself was pointing out, everybody else is doing, you know, yield products that offer far more than 4%. And Coinbase obviously stands to lose if users go and put their crypto on those platforms instead. You're absolutely, you know, I believe, given the way Coinbase has uh relationship with regulators, how they uh, interacted with them prior. I don't think they're going to do anything. I, I thought it was pretty aggressive that they voiced it as publicly as they did. But you can't, I don't see them at all uh, pushing the SEC further. But what I do see is more of attention being brought onto the space. And this space, uh, I think, Kelly, the bigger you know, question is it's still in its infancy. And the bigger question is you need regulation you need transparency. Even Chair Gensler today, uh, when he, in his prepared testimony uh, in front of the House, uh, excuse me, Senate Banking Committee, he talked about, you know, the need for more uh, for regulation, the protection of investors. This space, you know, we, we've seen, you know, big technology changes in the past. And this is, this is, at least in my belief, is a big one, you know, present. And it needs you know, we're going to have to work our way through these regulatory, you know, ups and downs and, and, and bumps in the road. Sure. And I guess that that would be what you see it as is basically a, a bump in the road. Um, there's also more competition than ever. You know, there's Venmo uh, trying to get into the space. PayPal, obviously, is a parent company. Just there's Robinhood itself and how much crypto activity is going on on that platform. You have a $335 price target. Uh, we're around 244 today. How do we get to 335? Well, we're basing it on... Uh, on, on 12 times our estimate for 2022 revenues. Other fintech uh, platforms, you know, trade at that now. And again, there's gonna be competition. You know, we've seen it in other industries. The bigger thing, what we've learned from watching companies that were successful and, you know, in big early, you know, technology changes, they stayed focused on uh, on that industry. And, and I'll mention the e-brokers, you know, with the internet boom, they stayed focused despite zero trade offerings from bigger banks. It did take 20 years and we did finally go to zero commission, but I think we're along, there'll be more competition on crypto pricing, uh, but it's a much bigger space. And we see products evolving that, you know, that we're not even aware, just like back in the internet days, who would have guessed it? you know, Amazon or Google were going to be the companies that they were. You know, we're seeing new applications uh, in the crypto and blockchain uh, fields, the like NFTs. Who would have guessed that NFTs would be as big as they are, right. you know, two years ago? Yeah, or so the space is still evolving. Is my yeah, point. yeah, absolutely. Uh, just again to mention, Coinbase shares still slightly lower, I believe, from the April IPO. But again, tracking the price of crypto, although lately uh, decoupling somewhat on these regulatory issues. Rich, thanks for your time today. Uh, we want to check back in with you soon. We appreciate it.
Good talking with you, Kelly. Rich Rapetto from Piper Sandler. And we are continuing to watch all developments from Apple's product event today. Coming up next, we'll get the word on the street. What do analysts think of Apple shares? Where do they see them going from here after being up about 12%, 13% year-to-date? Apple, by the way, down about four-tenths of a percent right now. And remember, you can catch this show anytime, anywhere by listening to and following the Exchange podcast. We're back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Apple shares down about half a percent. They're off the session lows. We're getting more details on the new iPhone 13. Let's head back to Josh Lipton. Josh? So, Kelly, Apple's just now given details on the new iPhone. We're just getting them in. Let me bring those to you. One, we do have a name for this device. It will be called the iPhone 13. Under the hood, Apple saying a new chip, the A15 Bionic. So this phone should feel a lot speedier. More advanced display. They say nearly 30% brighter. More power efficient, bigger battery. They have an upgraded camera and video system that they're going over right now. Sleek durability is also being highlighted here. Apple saying tougher than any other smartphone glass. Water resistant, five new colors. Still waiting, Kelly, for price and availability. I'll get that to you when I get it. Josh, cinematic mode, on is that a video feature that these cameras are all now going to be used for? Yeah, listen, they're just going over that right now, so I haven't had a chance to get into those details yet, but certainly that's important. You know, when you look at uh, consumer surveys, why people upgrade, it's it's often camera videos are way up there along with ba- uh, battery durability. So it is important for those consumers. Now the debate starts among those analysts. Some are, say, are sticking on the sidelines. They say the iPhone 12 was very strong, but you just pulled forward demand. Other bulls say, listen, even modest changes will be good enough just given how many people out there are still running relatively older models, Kelly. All right, Josh, thank you. We'll see you soon, Josh Lipton. And speaking of analysts, as the product event continues, we want to take a look at Wall Street's take on the stock. According to facts, that about two, uh, three quarters, 73% of analysts have either a buy or an overweight on this name. Apple is up about 12% this year. About a quarter of people say it's a hold. Only 2% have an underweight or a sell, although it has underperformed the S&P, which is up about 20% year to date. In terms of price action, the average price target on the street is $165. That's only 10% upside from today's trading point. Among the most bullish, Atlantic equity has 190 and Wedbush is up at 185. Now, many companies say they're experiencing supply chain pain. They can't get the stuff they need, but we've heard from some who have managed to weather the storm. We'll see what those companies are doing right next on The Exchange. Welcome back, everybody. Earnings season is the time for companies to unload all their problems. Everything that went wrong or could possibly go wrong. Many mentioned the supply chain this time around. Some didn't, though. What are those companies doing to manage it all better? Let's bring in Seema Modi for the answer. Seema? And Kelly, spoiler alert, no company is immune to supply chain risks. But there seems to be businesses that are better managing this risk than others or finding effective workarounds. As companies struggle with factory closures and port congestion in Vietnam and Malaysia due to COVID, Lululemon is increasing the use of air freight to move product and actively looking to ship production out of Vietnam. Other retailers are leaning on their suppliers in Latin America. Steve Madden shifted 50% of its manufacturing to Mexico and Brazil earlier this year to avoid a lot of the disruptions that we are seeing in Asia right now. Uh, Another strategy consumer-facing brands like Victoria's Secret and Urban Outfitters are using is just simply ordering more inventory ahead of the holidays, so getting more of that product in their warehouses here in the U.S. to reduce the risk of delays. The longer-term fix to this reoccurring supply chain issue, well, it's really investing in robotics, artificial intelligence, and automation. Some of the channel checks conducted by Ernst & Young found that robots in warehouses, stores, uh, delivery drones, full, fully automated planning, these are just some of the technologies that will be fully implemented by 2025 because, Kelly, these 
these big risks around disruption and challenges on the supply chain front, they don't seem to be going away anytime soon. Seema, I thought it was striking that Nike got downgraded yesterday on concerns about the Vietnam supply chain because you'd think that the bigger you are, the better you can manage this. Again, the bigger you are, the more technology you might have to manage this. So if these issues are going to persist for them into next spring, I just wonder what that's telling us about you know, everybody else, and especially the smaller players, um, although maybe if they can be more nimble because of their smaller size, maybe they can go elsewhere. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. I spoke to a consultancy firm that works with one of the big Fortune 500 companies, a couple of them, in fact, and they said the number one question they're being asked right now is, where do we manufacture? You know, the, the big question, the big answer to that question was Vietnam a couple of years ago at the height of the U.S.-China trade war. But now, with COVID being a big risk in Asia, lower vaccination rates, do companies have to be a bit smarter about their exposure to those countries. Absolutely. The issues about availability, like you said, also profit margins. Uh, but I do wonder, because it feels to me like it hasn't yet sunk in for most shoppers because it is so early on that it could be a really weird supply issue when it comes to what they're buying for Christmas. But maybe, maybe it's just so disseminated now people buy Amazon gift cards. I mean, there's a lot, you know, I don't know if Christmas, you know, the stuff that we buy itself is really what it once was. But for these major companies, it still has to be their most important season of the year. Yeah, time will tell, right? How much of a delay we should expect as consumers and then what kind of price increases increases we should expect as well. 3M, of course, talked about that on their um, on that call yesterday. Yeah. Seema, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Seema Modi for us today. That does it for The Exchange, everybody. You've been listening to The Exchange. Make sure you're subscribed to get each episode every day, same time, same place. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.